What is up? This is Dubs B. Oh, hey, what's going on? Not much, just chilling. I'm so glad that this finally worked out. All right, so, uh, man, it has been a minute since I've been able to talk, etc., etc. Um, how you been, first off? I've been good. Just uh, taking care of everything, everyday things uh, around the house and going to school and places that I need to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you? Um... I mean, I can't, I can't really complain. I haven't been doing much. I've just been, uh, you know, trying to get that music down and, uh, you know, at the same time, get ready for the new job that I have starting tomorrow. Nice. Um, nice. What's it? Monday. Uh, so I'm going to be a behavior technician. It's basically what I was doing before, but I think I'm going to be doing more on the, uh, side of analyzing behaviors and, uh, you know, recording data. What do you do when someone misbehaves? I mean, it kind of depends on what you mean by like misbehave, mis- like if they act up. <laughs> that was supposed to like, be a joke. <laughs> like, like if, if a kid, well, because there's a world of a difference between like a kid who just leaves class and someone like, you know, throwing a chair at the wall or uh, yeah. trying to break a TV or trying to stab someone or, you know, whatever. What do you do in those <laughs> cases? No, I'm just playing. Uh, you know, for, so it kind of depends on the kid. Um, yeah, there's a lot of factors, but I'd say overall, like, we just try to, you know, get the kid to calm down, see, like, why he's behaving the way he is. Is it usually um, kids with a mental illness? Or, like, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be mental illness or a condition. Oh. Sometimes it could just be, like, uh, it could be, like, behavioral problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe they grew up in a, in poverty. Dysfunctional family or something. Yeah, dysfun- yeah absolutely. And um, this is the behaviors they have is all they know. Um, right. It's not like they necessarily want to be bad, but that's just how they... It's kind of like how, how to... they got prog- programmed. Right, you know, or it's how they know to navigate the world. Um, that's true. And our job is to teach them how to navigate the world and help them actually get what they want just in a way that's mm-hmm. more productive. Okay, like you know? their emotional needs, needs met and stuff like that. Absolutely. Because, I mean, it's like... So, for example, if you want money true you could go rob a bank right mm-hmm. like that kind of works but a better not way if to you do get it, caught right <laughs> not, not if you get caught you know but uh a, a better way would be just to uh just to work you know right and if you, you, you want two, more money you have more than one option to obtain it, the same result exactly and so that's our job is to teach them like how to get what they want in in a way that's productive and is mutually beneficial for them and us as well um now cool. I mean, you know, and I think we, I feel like we need more of that kind of education out here oh. in society. Dude, you hit the nail on the freaking head. Because let me tell you something. I mean, uh, so I have this like ongoing theory as to maybe like why it seems like kids are acting up more in schools. Uh, which mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even know if that's a fact. That's just kind of my personal observation. I don't have the right. statistics. But based off of people I've talked to, they say like, oh, yeah, it does seem like kids are acting up more. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been seeing more stuff like on the news, like, um, you know, a teacher's getting more fed up with their jobs, you know, kids being out of control. And I kind of have like a working theory as to why that is, because for the most part, it seems as though kids are pretty well behaved um, when they're like in kindergarten and second grade. They're all kind of innocent still. Right. But, you know, the other thing, too, is that a lot of that time, 
uh, or during that time, kids are still receiving like moral education in school. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the teacher will read like a book and they'll discuss like why the character did what the character did was bad, mm-hmm. why it's bad, how to make friends, and like the principles, like early principles you learn in life. Right, absolutely. Like sharing is caring and all that. <laughs> yeah, man, like straight up Care Bear stuff. Um, and after that, like once you hit third grade, then the focus starts to shift more to like, you know, intellectual learn academia. Um, right. Because like literature, literature, what's it called? The uh, math literature. literature? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so part of that transition is because that's when you start taking SATs. Uh, that's right. So uh, I think I talked to a teacher once and she said, yeah, it kind of it feels like pretty much my entire job is just to get them ready for that test at the end of the so year. Would, would you say that during the time when you're receiving your first lessons in life to like when you learn your academics, there's some sort of change in there in the, during around that time, like where something kind of changes the behavior? Or, like, what do you think? It definitely seems like that to me. Um it always seems as though the kids on the younger side are more well-behaved. And I think part of that is just having that moral education in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And like I said, once you get to third grade, that kind of stops because you have to make more time for academics mm. for that big test at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what's interesting is that uh, a lot of the stuff you learned in third grade, like, um, well, I saw this actually on the internet. It was like social media saying that if we taught kids how to cook from an early age, like, if it was, like, mandatory to teach kids to cook at an early age, by the time they're, like, in high school, they don't really need to depend on, like, that much on their parents. And then when you really? go, when they go to college, they're already a lot more confident in their cooking abilities. So, it's like we would have a, a more productive and more um, efficient society if, if, if we all got taught at an early age, you know, how to, to do simple things that people aren't teaching the kids to do uh, while they're home because their parents are out working. They're being dropped off at like a daycare and stuff like that. So right. I'm saying like if we if we all kind of just taught basic essential skills at an early age as part of the curriculum, that would be really cool because then we would see a whole different outcome. Yeah, no, for sure. Because I can tell you one thing. I can't really cook, but I tell you what, I can make a mean bowl of cereal. <laughs> That's I, will, I will toast <laughs> the greatest piece of toast. The 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 ratio of dark to light on a piece of toast will be absolutely perfect. True, true. I, I could hook you up with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, I could do you <laughs> one better. Have you ever had a peanut butter fluff and butter sandwich? No, what is that? So it's basically, uh, I don't even know if this is its real name, but it's peanut butter with marshmallow fluff on oh, bread. Interesting. Oh, yeah. You can get a jar of like marshmallow fluff at the store. Just pat it. It's really thick and really... Um, thick with two c's but uh it's it's pretty good that's funny so you start that new job tomorrow yeah going back to what we were originally talking about right yeah i start that new job tomorrow um it's gonna be more like recording data and plotting it out so i think i well, don't know for sure in the classroom? uh yeah that's based wow. off of what i've seen other behavior technicians do um mm-hmm. it seems though they have like a regular route and they go to, you know, X, Y, and Z schools throughout the week and record data. Yeah, um, I've heard of that. I've heard of that uh, type of job. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad that I finally got to do it. 
I do have to. Did you need like a degree for that? So I was just about to get to that. So the caveat, right? The catch 22 um, is that I do have to get a degree in six months or else I don't have a job. Wow. So so they're letting me have this on a tight leash. Um, Right. And part of it is getting like 40 hours of observation and a couple other things. Uh, so I'm I'm very grateful that I get to have this opportunity. So, yep, just you know, getting a little bit more extra pay. That's kind more of a good way to start off the year. If you wanted to like go to a different position later on, yeah, that's something I've been talking to other people about, and other people have been asking me about. I don't know necessarily what I'll do, but at least this is kind of a step, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's very awesome. grateful. Um, but no, yeah, so that's gonna be what I'm looking forward to in 2020. Um, nice. That's right. This is our first podcast of 2020, isn't it? <laughs> Dude, it is. I just thought about that because we, wow. we started doing this in November. Yeah. And then December yeah. and then now this one. So what do you got on the table, on the menu for uh, this one? Uh, well, on the menu for tonight, we will be serving <laughs> a uh, piece of conversation dipped in <laughs> the theme of seasons and songs for the seasons. Nice, nice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because you so before we started this podcast, we were discussing like what kind of songs make us think of certain seasons. Um, And for me, one of my songs, which was the fall song, it was that jazz song called uh, Karma Flower by Nicola Conte. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And the reason even though i don't know if to you it sounds like a fall song but to me the reason why that song gets mixed up for fall for me is because when i was working at a certain school every single morning my routine was literally getting my cup of coffee going to the donut shop and then (laughs) listening to that song as i would roll up to that school because this was kind of like it was like a tradition is what it sounds like oh yeah man no it put it put me (laughs) dude it put me in such a good mood going to that place because it was like a straight up dungeon um why would hope... you want to be happy to go in a dungeon like no because because it's like <laughs> from the moment once that song is over and i step out of my car that dream world gets left behind uh, okay you're back you're back into reality to reality so they say oh, um, gravity yeah so it uh that's and you know going to school in fall uh, so all yeah. those things kind of get mixed up together. I guess I was, I guess what I'm saying is that I was conditioned to like that song during fall and that season mm-hmm. is associated How'd you with discover that, song. that song. Oh man. Uh, you know what? So I was really trying to look up foreign jazz and, uh, I happened to stumble upon, uh, Nicola Conte music label in Italy which is called Schema Records. Anybody who's listening should definitely look up anything by Schema Records. They have amazing, disc- they have an amazing, huge discography of uh, Latin jazz and Brazilian jazz, uh, anything that's jazz really. But they do, they do try to uh, uh, pride themselves on their uh, Latin jazz uh, library. Um, so I really Schema started. Records, right? hmm? Schema Records. Schema Records, S-C-H-E-M-A. Um, actually, you know what? We're going to play just a uh, short segment of uh, the song Karma Flower by Nicola Conte. So uh, 
I'm going to give it a spin. You guys can see a sample of it right now. So, uh, yeah, what happened? Uh, so, basically, uh, licensing doesn't allow us to play that uh... song. But so, <laughs> but you guys still got to hear Nico Laconte. Yeah, it's like that—that's the artist he plugs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the suits don't want y'all to listen to Karma Flower. Ah, uh, they got the song is not available in uh, America because Italy has not paid off its debt. You know, such some, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I have no idea why they wouldn't let me uh, sample that song, but they would let me sample his other stuff. Um, but you know what? Well, I was thinking about it. Uh-huh. It could be because on Karma Flower. It is. Uh, it does feature a different artist. Uh, um, I think she's also Italian. Her last name is a uh, Civello. Uh, I can't remember, but uh, maybe they didn't get permission from her. I don't know how uh, all that stuff works out. But yeah, I hope the you guys whole liked. Thing? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, uh, yeah. Well, well, so, we still got a song from him, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed that. You know, I think it was groovy samba. So. Uh, Enjoy it as one of your summer uh, play tracks. Uh, but yours, you know what? When I was listening to your song of the season list, and you gave me your fall song, which was uh, No Effects. Uh, Stop Blues. There we go. That one felt like to me like fall instantly. Didn't it? Doesn't it? Like when you yeah. listen to the guitar, you could just like literally picture the leaves falling from the trees down to the, like the earth, like to the, to the uh, street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's if anything else, it was the uh, acoustic guitar at the beginning. Yeah, that specific. Because if you played the ending of the song to me, I don't. <laughs> that's a whole different cup of tea right there. Yeah, man. I don't. I wouldn't have registered it as a uh, fall song. Um, yeah. But the beginning of it, it gives Thank you. you. Um, yeah, the beginning gives you. Uh, What's the word I'm trying to look for? Context like for the ending. Of, oh, why? Where? Yeah. Who are you gonna say? I was gonna say it gives that sense that you're in fall. Like you're listening to it, and like you can, you just pick up the vibe from it. Like uh, the first, I think the first thing he sings is like trucks up in Kansas, nowhere to go. Got to got so many place. Got got so many ways to play a show. Um, that part. And I think for me in particular is uh, Fat Mike, the senior from No Effects. Uh, he's one of the most creative uh, and innovative punk rock writers of all time. He, he uses a lot of word wordplay. Mm. So, um, yeah, in that song in particular, though, uh, it's the it's what you it's what you hear from the acoustic guitar, the way it's being played, that really makes you feel like okay, like it's a, the, it gets darker earlier out. You know the falls die. The the leaves are dying, and you know fall is here. They just kind of tre- tre- mentally takes you that to that season. I think that's yeah, for me. Yeah, no, I no, I agree entirely. You know, I never even asked you though. Uh, what is your favorite season? My favorite season's got to be spring. Oh, dude, <laughs> I hate spring. Really? Yeah, no, I'm Why? sorry. I mean, I, I totally respect your decision, by the way. But uh, no, I am not a big. You know what it is. I would totally like spring if it was for the fact that I had terrible, terrible allergies. Aller- yep. Yeah, yep. I thought so. <laughs> I don't really get them that bad, so that's why I don't mind it. And see, that's the thing is like when I was making my list of like, oh, yeah, what's the song for uh, spring? 
that one was legit the hardest for me to the do. <laughs> it was the hardest one because I was like, dude, I hate spring. I, the, all I want to do is just get past it immediately. Uh, uh, so I, that, I hate getting past winter, dude. Except for like football season, like makes it fun. Mm, yeah, this is true. Summer's is probably true. the best one, and then um, winter is like it's all right. Like at least if you're if you're Mexican, dude, like me, like. You, you have a lot of the same food throughout like the month because they'll make like they'll make a big amount of like tamales and like uh <laughs> you'll have they'll have a bunch of leftover tamales for like a month mm. you know because it's just a popular thing that people eat in winter and it's, since it's so common you see it everywhere you go at like other people's family houses and stuff like that so oh yeah winter when you, you we eat a lot Mexicans eat a lot of carbs in winter and then, yeah uh, it's hard to get the weight off. Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, probably one of my favorite things to have like during winter is like Mexican soup um, or uh, what is it called? Pusole. Pusole. Yeah, yeah. Did I say it right? Pusole. Pusole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. Okay. Pusole. Um, but yeah, that's probably my favorite soups to have during winter. Um, you know, I was gonna ask you a question because you were saying Fat Mike is. Uh, He's really creative when he writes. Right. And he's one of the most innovative uh, songwriters of the punk me, genre. Is, yeah. um, and you said one of those reasons was because of the wordplay. Uh, so since you are our uh, uh, un- unofficial... No, no, you are the official Spanish representative on this station. Uh, like, how, how easy... Ooh, I like that title. <laughs> <laughs> official Spanish representative. Oh, uh, special. Yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, you should, because, um, I mean, dude, I can't speak <laughs> like a Spanish, I can't speak Italian or right, Portuguese, right. I can't speak any of the Latin languages, but, um, <laughs> so I'm an embarrassment to all of my ancestors, but I was going to ask, uh, so how hard is it, to, is it harder or easier to do wordplay in Spanish? Does the, How does that work? You know, there's two ways, there's really two ways that I, I see it, um, when, when I'm, when you're writing in English, you have you. Okay, how do I put it? Okay, so when you're writing in Spanish, you have like your syllables, like A E I O U, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, not your syllables. What is this called? Vowels. Vowels. Thank you. And so, in Spanish, when you're writing, it's a lot easier to find words that have the the last the last same vowel. Mm-hmm. Cansada, corriendo, durmiendo, bailando, gozando. You know, so it's like you could you could say a lot of the you, know, you could you could say a lot of words that have the same vowels at the end, but they all have a different meaning. So I, I feel like with Spanish, it's a lot more broad of what you there's, there's a lot more space of what you can do and write. Um, mm-hmm. as as far as uh, what you what you want to say, and then with English. What I've noticed is that the meaning you can get really deep into like song meaning. Um, so it's it's, a, it's less it's le- your options are less wide in English, but um, you you could you're, you could get a little more deep into what you want to say within that concept as far as like whatever you're writing about. You know, like I, I've seen people literally that like take one word and they'll create like a whole like story almost like out of that just that one word. Is it because? You know, so, uh-huh. Is it because like English is less strict, or from your perspective, is English less strict on uh, definitions of words? 
I, I'm not sure how to answer that, man. So, like, for uh, example, right, like, fine. The word fine can be, like, you know, uh, the quality. Oh, like thin? Yeah, it could be it could be thin, but it could also be, like, the quality of something. Like, okay, like. It could also I'll, be a real she fine. Also be a refi- yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, maybe. You might be onto something there, but um, I really don't know. I just know that when I want to rhyme, it's a lot Sp- it's a lot easier in Spanish. Mm. Rhyming is a lot easier in Spanish. Gotcha. You know, with your vowels, you got your A's, E's, and I's and U's, and your O's. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then th- with English, it's more like let me let me uh, work. Well, let me take this word and wait, make it like make make it expand. You know, like with all these other sentences that rhyme at the end as well. Yeah. You know, where it's, in Spanish you have more words that are that rhyme and that sound the same. Wow. Well, I learned something new. Cool. Yeah, no, it's just it's just like a observation. Like, oh, like that's what I want. I, I I noticed that a long time ago when I first started writing, but I also noticed it as a kid. You know, when because I went to bilingual school, mm. uh, so I had to learn the alphabet in English and Spanish. Um, and so I, as a kid, you you know, I started learning all that stuff. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't. Even, yeah, that's really cool, man. Um. Yeah, I hope to get more mastery of Spanish or Portuguese so I can, um, any of the Latin languages really, so I can become more useful in my uh, school district and uh, mm-hmm, that'd um, be cool. ministry and stuff. Well, anyway, so since we're talking about uh, wordplay, why don't we go ahead and play for the folks a sample of No Effects Truck Stop Blues? Did I get it right? Yeah, Truck Stop Blues, No Effects. Um, yeah, let's, let's go for it. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that song, Truck Stop Blues by No Effects. Uh, we will be taking a break, but we hope to see you next week when we drop our part two of this series. Hopefully we'll have Gam join us. This week he was sick, so we hope he gets better soon. And that being said, you guys have a nice day.